Welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast. We're at episode 195 now, and this is Altai, joined this week by Omer. All right, and another session another here, week. another week. And, uh, and I, I, I want to start off this week with probably my favorite story of the week. I actually ran to this story earlier today, and it's Final Fantasy XIV related, and by far the best promotion for any like uh, fast food place to work with a game company ever. It's called Chinese FF14 players are eating inhuman piles of KFC to earn chocobos. And with the subtitle of Winner Winner Chicken Dinner. So Jody <laughs> McGregor, if you with that subtitle for this story, good for you. It's a great subtitle. I like it. So, so what is this promotion? It seems like a, lo- a lot of chicken involved. Yeah, so there's a promotion in the game where uh, in China, it's only China, unfortunately, where if you, you, go, you have to go to KFC with a group of uh, four friends and you can scroll down to see what you have to eat. So if you finish this meal... You can see the meal right below the video over there. If you finish that meal, one person on your table gets a, a chocobo, rare chocobo, like a special promotional chocobo mount. So you have to go with four friends, and each friend has to eat a double chicken burger, a vegan mushroom burger, a five-piece chicken nuggets, two original recipe chickens, two New Orleans uh, chicken wings, one old Beijing spicy duck roll, two large Pepsis, and two large peach oolong teas. There's four beverages and all that food. And there's a picture of the food if you scroll down. And all four people have to finish it. So if everybody on the table... So remember, that's multiplied by four. That's like you're splitting all that. Each person well, has to eat that. No, 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 no. So wait, wait. So each person has to eat two, or right? So no, this picture four. is everything for the four. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Oh, each person eat two of those? Well, uh, no, no. So w- the picture I'm showing, this is what yeah. all four collectively have to eat. Yes, that, that's okay. what all four okay. people have to collectively eat. Okay, it's not, like, it's not like one person has to eat this. Okay. Yes, four people have to eat that. So, but each person is getting four beverages, four large beverages, yep. and all that food. So, if you if all four people finish this this you know your your meal, one person at the table gets this chocobo. It's not like everybody gets one either. One person does. So every four every group of four, one person gets it. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I gotta say, like, I'm not impressed. I could I could eat this, no problem. Four beverage, the four no. large beverages. I think is the big. Is the ah, big you you see my my beverage drinking. So, no no problem. But, it's a really cool promotion because you kind of have to work together. You know, you go with four people that are reliable. You know, you got to get, get the old reliable people. None of those, you know, 90-pound girls. You know, you can't bring those e-girls with you. I'll tell you, Donut wouldn't make it, all right? No, she would not. So, so it's cool because only one person gets a reward. So it's almost like in Final Fantasy XIV, like when you do a raid, you know, there's only one drop on the boss or two drops, and you got to split with eight people. So only one in four people in a raid get, you know, loot anyway. So there's two drops divided by eight people, one in four. So they kind of match that up as well. So you can't go there by yourself. You need a group of four. And I thought it was the coolest promotion ever because apparently the staff are enforcing, you know, are enforcing the rules. They don't just give them out to anyone. And something like this would make me go to KFC anywhere. Just for it's a really interesting promotion that actually has you like a challenge. You know, it's a bit of a challenge, much more so than anything else. And you can scroll down to see some of the some of the comments people are leaving on, on in Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> they wiped. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the, like you can see Party Finder uh, over there. There's a KFC Extreme. I am full DPS, you know. And you can see I'm done. What about you? Never again. Our team was wiped. Failed to pull the roll burger apart during phase two. Main tank pulled two burgers. Just leave the coke alone. Focus on the chicken. I was wiped at five percent. So you must distribute damage from the Pepsi. Don't let it stack. Oh, this when is. I, said, I went to the toilet. They took away my meal and gave me a new one. What the fuck? This is the cutest one. The little girl. Lala yeah. fell is doing uh, it. There's an undersized party. Undersized party is basically, uh, you know, if you want to do a four-man dungeon with one person, you know, or two people. That's actually, this that, that is the cutest picture, that little girl trying mm-hmm. to eat all the food by herself. I thought it was a really, really cool promotion. We do get, to, like, the only Final Fantasy 14 promotions I've seen are, are, like, the pizza ones with Papa John's and stuff, where you get, like, a small discount on the pizza, and that's it. And that's, like, and you might get, like, or if you buy, like, one pastry, you get, like, a code for it for, like, an item in-game. But that's so boring. This actually, like, encourages camaraderie, you know? It, encourage you to get four people and leave the house you know obviously to gouge on you know way too much food you know like wait to three thousand calories worth of food but I-, I thought it was an amazing promotion i would love to see something like this in-, in in stateside i would love to see a lot more um you know based on tv shows and like movies you there's a lot of these you know if you finish this food in like you know 40 30 minutes it's free right but there's mm-hmm. actually very few of those in real life i feel mm-hmm. you know those are eating challenges so yeah i'm all for eating challenges we need more of those in our lives but it- it's a fun way to tie like like MMORPGs in general are cooperative games, you know, raids, dungeons. You're playing with other people, and I actually love the fact that this is cooperative. If it was like a solo experience, it wouldn't be that great. It'd be, it'd be a neat promo. But the fact that you're doing it with four people and one person gets a reward, 
it's it's awesome. And obviously, it's a great moneymaker for KFC as well because that's a lot of food. How much did that, that meal cost? You have to come there four times for everyone to get their, you know, to get their reward. That's true, though. The U.S. Pop- people would need a difficulty spike. So they'd have to make it a little harder for, for us here in the U.S., you know? On average, definitely. We're definitely bigger people here, so we can eat quite a bit more. So I'm curious what the calorie count for this would be. You know, it's going to be... I said I said 3,000. Canary said way more. I'm guessing uh, 35, 4,000 calories for, for each person. It's a good meal. It's a, it's, it's, this was my favorite story of the week by far. Man, it, it is a fun story. Um, any, any word on how much that's, that um, the item is selling for? Oh, no idea. It's yeah. just, like, I, I have no idea. I'm sure it's going to be a valuable item. It looks like a black... I'm not sure if the same chocobo they were giving out in the West, for the same black chocobo that you got from buying stuff on Amazon in the West. I, know, I think in the Western version, if you spent like 20 bucks on Amazon, you got like a black chocobo. Which is, if it's the same price, it's kind of lame, considering the Chinese players are earning it much more than the Westerners. All we got to do is spend 25 bucks to get it. So I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But that, that, is, that, is the, that is my favorite promo I've seen. It's awesome. Go, go Asia. And I'm glad the players made a lot of good memes out of it too, and, and you can see in the, you know, in the article. Uh, my favorite story of the past, I think, two weeks. This might be a little bit old now, but you know, um, I think it's worth covering. So we had a yet another Kickstarter MMO project, right? This one was Ooh. called Raw, and it was just you know, it was basically think of like GTA Online, but more like in the West, like the American West. Mm-hmm. And basically, it promised the world, like all these games do, totally you know, player-driven economy, you know, persistent housing. All this kind of stuff, right? And mm-hmm. it obviously raised it raised a lot of money, a lot more than they asked for initially. But we had a surprise move from Kickstarter. Kickstarter actually suspended the project and said, mm-hmm. "Nah, we're calling you out. This is bullshit. You guys can with your team of like three people, two 70, people, two two people. My bad. Uh, uh, two and, people that, by the way, were unemployed for the last like three years. They said they were working on this game, you know, and they spent ten thousand euros of their own money on it. So two people they were working on this game. That's it. Yeah, and." and it, so I'm very surprised, first of all, that Kickstarter did suspend it because we've seen a lot of bullshit go through on Kickstarter. And a lot mm-hmm. of these Kickstarter MMOs, especially, are, we're still waiting for them. You know, they still haven't really delivered the cards. Uh, so I'm glad that Kickstarter has... A, a few people were kind of like surprised that there was a worrying trend on Kickstarter. I disagree. I think this is a good step by Kickstarter. Uh, well overdue. They have to start, you know, monitoring their platform, making sure these blatant scams don't go through. It is amazing though how many people are willing to be like we're buying into this. Like if you just read some of the what if you watch their video trying to see what they promised, it's based they're promising GTA Online, but like which obviously GTA GTA Five took like over hundred million dollars to make. I, I, you know, a huge studio of all veterans, and probably more than hundred million actually. And, and and they're promising more than that, which is insane. So I re- if you scroll down, I'll tie to the advanced metabolism metabolism and disease system achieved. <laughs> they are promising. If you read the second paragraph, we want to make metabolism more advanced. We will make a simple mathematical models of all human organs, connect them, and make one organ <laughs> work of another. We will also add infections, various diseases, and encyclopedia of these diseases. Are they? Who are they fooling? Like, what are they smoking? They're going to make a mathematical model of every organ in the body for each character and, and how they affect each other. Come on! Like, this, is, this doesn't pass a sniff test. This is obviously a scam. Like... The guys are the guys are clearly stupidly ambitious, but who thinks this is going to happen? Who thinks two douchebags who've never made a game before, unemployed in their own homes, are going to code this amazing game with all these features when GTA Online doesn't have this this level of granularity, this level of depth? Come on! And just to put in uh, perspective here, so they were asking for I think seventy five thousand, and they got way I got to convert this to dollars, but they got over double what they were asking for within days until the project was suspended. I suspect if it was not suspended, this might be over a million dollars, mm-hmm. you know? So there it's are a lot of suckers. So easy to fool people. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is insane though. How, how they can promise this much. But you know, I think Kickstarter specifically said that they um they suspended this for one they didn't say it was a scam. They said they suspended it because they mentioned in one of their updates that they're gonna need more money than what this this Kickstarter is raising to complete the project. And they're saying they're gonna need more outside funding. You know? So even if they raise anything they ask for, it's still not enough, which apparently you're not allowed to do on Kickstarter, which is pretty interesting because I'm pretty sure um, one of the other Kickstarter MMORPGs made the same comment that they, you know, what we raised here is not enough and we're going to need outside funding to complete the project. And they never got, you know, um, suspended. So maybe that rule is only enforced when they think when, they, when they think the game itself is, uh, you know, a scam or they think it's more uh, unlikely. Yeah, like you said, I, I, think, I think it's routine now to include even in the Kickstarter itself that... This is only part one. Then we're going to go to Indiegogo. We're going to, you know, pre-order on our website. Uh, mm-hmm. Raise like Star Citizen kept raising money and is still raising money on their own site, yeah. even though they had a Kickstarter where they had certain promises being made. 
so in terms of like the, the like this, this some of the features in this game seem more ambitious than the details yes. in Star Citizen, which we've all agreed was you know crazy ambitious. I mean, by the way, Star Citizen is up to two hundred thirty million dollars. It is uh, already, I think, the most highest like, development cost game in the world at two hundred thirty million dollars, which is which is pretty nuts. I am glad this also got pulled. I don't want to see people uh, like. Then again, I, I do think anyone that you know funded this game, let's say that they, this game was not suspended. Honestly, people that funded this game, they deserve to lose their money. I think you know if you fund this game. You gave a donation to some guys in Germany, you know, at Killer Whale Games. So I, I don't feel bad for people that funded um, any, any real Kickstarter scam or Kickstarter nonsense. I mean, they should know better. You know, you, you should you should look at what you're getting. But that's not fair, though, because people clearly don't know better. And I, I think yeah, a lot it, of these projects, they, they kind of hit the same primal nerve as literal cults. And, you know, the cults that are successful are the most absurd ones where the guy promises everything. Like, he's God. He's going he's gonna to bring, like, salvation. There's, he's talking to aliens. He's in communion with aliens. And people, people want to follow those kind of people. So if this guy said, look, we're making a very basic game. It's going to be role-playing. They won't actually be player-run, but you got to kind of enforce it with your own, you know, small group of players. I know a sandbox where it's, it relies on the mods and admins to maintain could work. But these guys mm-hmm. are promising everything, and that's why they got the money. If you just if you make a narrow game, people aren't going to fund it for millions of dollars. Yes, you're right, and that that's why they're promising so much. But I think the people that get fooled into uh, you know mm-hmm. handing their money over, I think it's a relatively inexpensive lesson for them to learn. You know, like this I don't, whole I don't there's no learning. There's no learning pretty, going it's on. It's pretty new. I mean, it's been it's been around for like like six years now, but it's still relatively new. People do have to get burned before they realize. Wait a minute, people are lying on the internet. Like, come on, people people need to be scammed. I really do believe that if you get scammed. Whether it's you know in a game or on a Kickstarter project or something that will raise your senses, that will raise your alertness. I can't imagine. I disagree. Like somebody, hmm. I, I don't. I think. You're, I think. Oh, anyway, there's an article actually about uh, scams, phone scams. People literally call you and say, "Hey, you owe me money. You're in debt. Please send money here." Right? Mm-hmm. And they say the lists of numbers and names that are worth more are the ones that previously fell for a scam. So if you got scammed into giving someone money on the phone, and and you and you realize it's a scam too. You are actually more likely to fall for that exact same scam again in the future than some, than a random person. Okay. Yes, I read the same article, and those those stats prove out to be true. But it might be a little different for these Kickstarter projects. But <laughs> that, that is some pretty damning uh, evidence there. Like, imagine this: the average person who funded like a like, uh, Chronicles of Illyria, right? Mm-hmm. Is he more or less likely than the average population to have also funded Star Citizen to also have funded like all the other ones? I don't know. Actually, that, I, that's a good point. There's a correlation. How much overlap? How much overlap there is between people that funded Star Citizen and people that funded Chronicles of Valyria? Or uh, they're still funding games. They're games. still funding these Kickstarter. <laughs> Once you're in, know. you know they got you. <laughs> I'm with Nova. Let natural selection at work right there. But uh, the, 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 I don't think the, the, it's analogous the, the the phone scam one you mentioned because those people that call you on the phone to scam you and rip you off, it's a very personalized scam. They're literally working you on the phone one on one. Whereas these Kickstarter scams or any of these crowdfunding campaigns, it's more of like a, a net. You know, they throw it out there. They're promising the world. It's a little different because people that fall for the scam on the phone are literally just people that are vulnerable to being convinced in a one-on-one atmosphere where they're they're basically tugging on their emotions. Oh, like you know, my my daughter is going to die unless I get some money to bring her to the hospital. Those people are clearly you know they're being worked on one-on-one. So I I don't think it's gonna be the same thing on these Kickstarter scams. I think somebody gets burnt on a like Greedmonger, which is. You know, they, they, that game never came out. It was a Kickstarter. I think the guys that funded that game, I would love to see what the, where the overlap is. There's a kind of like a, a web we can see of people that funded that game and they fund any other you know Kickstarter scams. My guess is that the people that funded the scams end up not funding future scams, but that okay, maybe so, be being a little too optimistic. I, I think so. I would take the opposite view that uh, if you fund one game, you are your propensity to fund future games is you know way 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 higher than the gamer populace overall. Mm-hmm. Right. But anyway, it's a fun story. I'm I'm actually glad that it got suspended. And I hope that Kickstarter does start cleaning up their platform. Uh, Whatever excuse they had for for renting it is probably uh, good enough for me. And the funniest comment was uh, Nova Ariela made a comment. says the name of the company actually makes a lot of sense because they are killing whales. It's called the whale. (laughs) The the company that made this game is like Whale Killer Games. Killer Whale. Killer Whale. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, Yeah, Killer Whale Games. Killer Whale Games. They're killing whales. So if you scroll down and look at the the pledges, the 3,000 euro pledge is literally called Narcissist. Okay, and five backers gave them 3,000 euros. What is going on in their mind? They get 20 digital copies of the game, three unique, you get license plate numbers in the game. Come on. Like, this is nuts. And, and they sold out. They don't, these guys didn't even want more people to give them uh, 3,000 euros. You know, you know what? We, five people gave us 3,000 euros. That's enough for us. That's it. We're walking away. You know, you want to give us 3K euros? We don't want your money anymore. You know? Amazing. That's insane. Insane. 
it's it's if you if you haven't seen the video, I do recommend checking it out just to see how much they're promising. The Kickstarter itself promises quite a bit, and uh, they the developers have claimed to keep working on the game outside of Kickstarter. And honestly, if these guys just posted the same campaign on Indiegogo, they're going to raise another two hundred thousand dollars plus. You know? Oh yeah, I think this one is a world is away. They'll get their money from these people one way or another. <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. That's the that's the latest Kickstarter nonsense of the week, and it's it is remarkable how successful they got. Kickstarter uh, is news, yeah. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Uh, in other news, I, I know Estelia is coming into closed beta two on uh, July thirtieth. As I see the ad plastered all over Mos.com, guys. I'm uh, I'm plugging there for them. They're advertising with us, and I should totally be shilling their game. But uh, honestly, actually, if you want to check the game out, closed beta is the best time to play. It's free to play in the closed beta. I'm not sold on the game, by the way. You know, they're advertising with us, but I'm still not sold on the game only because it's by to play. If this is a free-to-play game, I recommend just actually, yeah, giving it a real try when it comes out. But because it's not free-to-play, I'm going to give it a pass. Because it just, it just, because it's free-to-play in Korea, I don't think it warrants spending money on it. But uh, if you're curious what Estelia is all about, the closed beta begins on uh, July 30th and runs on August 5th. Buy-to-play. Yeah, I mean, the buy-to-play was a surprising because, like you said, it's free-to-play in Korea. I don't know why they, well, I know why they did this. They want the initial people it's for to money. just, yeah. yeah, it's for money. They're going to make a lot of money and it's going to go free-to-play in like a year. 100%, not even a year, 100%. I Remo's betting all the marbles. Estelia goes free to play within six months of launch, for sure. I think, they, again, they saw the numbers for BDO. And honestly, a lot of games that, no, a lot, of, it, it's acceptable to go uh, buy to play and then within like six months go free to play. So why not monetize both, you know, both sides of that coin? The people that really want to play early on are going to pay and you make money off them and then bring everybody else in afterwards. It's like the ultimate like business decision. It's, a lot of people have been monetizing early access the same way too. Like six, no, six days or one week early access costs money and whatnot. But Estelia is, in its core, a very standard Korean fantasy RPG. It does almost nothing different. But where they do something different is their stealth system, which is obviously the name of the game. So the game is still doing something a little bit different. And basically, it allows every class in the game to be a, like a pet user. You know, a lot of MMORPGs are usually one or two pet classes in the game. You know, In this game, you collect Estelles, which are just pets in the game. And there's a whole bunch of them, like, like over 20 of them in the game. And they level up as well on their own. And you can summon three of them out at once. And they, they literally just fight stuff for you as like a pet. If you have one Estelle out, it can be out there permanently. If you have more than one, it starts draining one of your, I think, your CP meter. And so if even an emergency situation, you get some like three pets at once, just kill everything around you. But then your your, your meter is draining real quick. So it's kind of neat the way that works. It, it allows every class to be a pet class, which is a little bit different. You know, it's not like a, a defining feature that's like, holy shit, this is so cool. But like, it's nice. You know, every car- every every class gets to be a pet user. That's their special sauce. Uh, I'm not sure it's gonna be enough to carry them, but uh, it's a nice feature. You know, I like it collecting the waifus. But uh, yeah, I, I don't recommend. I don't think I can recommend buying it. It should be noted that the game is running on Unreal Three, which is oof. the same engine as Bless. And yeah, uh, it's a big oof. Optimization problems as well. I played the first round of closed beta testing. I thought it was okay. I played it, you know, only like three, four hours, really, because I, I don't like playing closed betas, knowing they're going to be wiped, and obviously they're going to be wiped. But uh, it didn't run super well, even in closed beta. I, I did have some FPS issues, and that's with the GT, you know, RTX twenty eighty. You know, I was only. I, I think I was actually playing on a ten eighty resolution too, because I record at ten eighty. Yeah, the problem with the with the engine uh, choice is that it can't actually utilize these hard, you know, the newer uh, hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it only utilizes one or two cores of a CPU, so everything beyond that is just not even used or recognized by the older engines. I think uh, Canaris made the that does my official review right there too. Official still review. It's better than Bless. Not a very high bar to beat because Bless was a you know a dumpster fire, as in the wise words of my friend Zim, it was a complete dumpster fire. But uh, it does run better than Bless and. Also, I'm pretty sure uh, Blade and Soul ran on Unreal Engine 3 as well. I'm pretty sure they're transitioning to Unreal Engine 4 if they haven't done so already. And that game, I think, ran a lot better than uh, than Estelia or or Bless Online. Quite a bit better, actually. Well, you know, I think Estelia is the only actual MMORPG released this year so far. I can't think... Are there any other games that fit I mean, that bill? Estelia is not quite out. It's coming out in September, technically, you know. Right. So I might, it might just win the MMORPG of the year. Oh, God, no, please, no. By, by default, get... you know? That's true. There, we do have the, you know, our... our... <laughs> Our yearly awards. Yeah, well, who do we give it to last year? Uh, it's uh, I think Maple Story too. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it, it just there aren't that many more PG launches every year nowadays. You know, like so many some obscure games don't launch, but like not that many big titles actually end up launching per year. And we try to give our more PG of the year award to what launched that year. So our, our, we have usually very slim pickings. You know, thank God we have to give it to Bless. Oof, that would have been terrible. Yeah. So I mean, so far, if Estelle comes out in September, it might just win by default because I think. Um... Air was supposed to come out this year, but you know has been pretty slow going with that one. 
Uh, Legends of Aria is coming out in August. Yeah, it is. We put the article on that for MOS.com, but it's not really coming out in August, guys. The game came out into early access in open beta in December 2018. No wipe, right? yeah. No wipe open beta came out yeah. earlier. So this is only... August is the Steam launch. Yeah. And it's weird because they're calling it early access. So I'm very confused. Does early access come... Like, is it early access open beta release? Or is it like open beta early access release? What's the order? In my mind, I thought... I always thought early access came before open beta. No, I think early access just means open beta. Really? It's just it's another I, word I for this. I've seen games go from like early access to open beta. That's a good question. But anyway, my when it, when there's no more wipes, uh, that, that, we count that as a launch here in the real world. All right. Mm -hmm. I think WoW Classic is launch was definitely launching this year, so WoW Classic might be the is gonna be our MRPG of the year. Does yeah. that count, Altai? It, it, uh, if we choose to count that, probably. Yeah. There's a lot of mobile and most. I think we have, we, we'll have a category for a mobile game of the year as well. Mm -hmm. Mobile and mobile of the year too, maybe. There you go. Okay, Doc. Early access doesn't really mean anything. It's a way of saying your game is shitty and coded poorly. There you go. It's like your blanket statement for like, hey, there's something wrong with your game. Early access, bro. You know, you can't criticize me. Early access. Honestly, the thing that like, um, one of the things that grinds my gears the most in a lot of games is when people like provide legitimate criticism for a game and fans of that game just end up saying, bro, it's early access, brah. Like, shut the fuck up. It's not like, like, it's early access. You're charging money for these packs to access, access your game. The game might be out for like two years already and it's still early access. No, that's not an excuse to say it's early access at that point, all right? Just accept the criticism and move on, you know? I, I do think a lot of people are very defensive for games they like, which is very weird. You know, you can like a game, but, you know, there is legitimate criticism to be had for a game that you love. You know, like, I love League of Legends. I love Final Fantasy XIV. You know, there's a lot of criticism for both games that are completely valid. And I've seen people, like, take legitimate criticism and just, like, no, that's, that's wrong, you know, because of this, this. I don't know. It's like, there's some just objective things that, like, Final Fantasy XIV could do to improve the game. Like, objectively, you, you, they could improve the tick rates on the game. The way the It's actually really bizarre in Final Fantasy XIV. If you haven't played the game and you play for the first time and you, you're rating, it, it feels like the game is broken because there might be, like, an AoE circle underneath you. Or you, you, you might, like, you'll cast a spell, right? And when you move, it would, it would normally cancel your spell cast. Obviously, you can't move and cast spells at once, right? But the way the tick rates work in Final Fantasy XIV is you could be halfway through your spell and literally just sprint across the screen and your spell would still finish casting. Because the tick rate is so low, so absurd, that and sometimes if you move, it'll cancel instantly. But sometimes it might, it might still cast for 0.5 seconds or 0.6 seconds. So you can actually slide cast in the game where you can cast your spell 75% and then move and it'll still cast because the game's tick rates are beyond stupid. Sometimes, though, you might get unlucky and you might move and it might cancel your spell. It's, it's really, really bad. And you might get clipped by AoEs that normally shouldn't hit you because you moved out of them like, uh, like a full half a second ago and you still get hit by them because the tick rates are awful it's really bizarre like that's objectively like a uh, performance issue in the game that you know is a detriment to the game in my opinion and some people like would defend that saying oh it adds difficulty well, yeah sure <laughs> in, in a, yeah it could add difficulty but just stupid you know just adding difficulty in and of itself is not like a good thing you can add difficulty in other ways too has has that stayed consistent throughout the game Have they lowered yep. it or nope, it's been no? it's been remarkably consistent the entire time I, i'm actually i'm pretty sure uh you know, Yoshi P, the, the game's designer, lead designer guy, producer, has actually even said, like, it adds difficulty. <laughs> and people use that as, like, the defense for it, you know? Like, it's, they just don't want, to, don't want to fix it at this point, it seems. But it's just really bizarre. No other more PG has it that bad. It's, mm. it's almost like a joke, the way it is. I wonder why. It must be to accommodate, maybe to accommodate, you know, console players or... Uh... Look at Altai. Altai's always trying to blame the console players. You hear that? He's Why else? It was, Why it else? It wasn't even related to consoles, and the man just it is. fucked those consoles. Oh, 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 oh. You're ruining my game. Those fucking Every game that has cross-platform like that is going to need some kind of you know gimmick for the console players to be even with the with the PC players. Okay, you trying to deport all console players, huh? Yeah, I am. And, and okay, actually, you want to build the wall and keep them out? I, I, well, Make I, Sony I, pay for it? <laughs> <laughs> So it's not too, it never bothered me. I, I don't know. It, therapy, I, I've been caught on like AOEs that shouldn't have hit me. Sometimes I like, sometimes it's the other way around too. Like I'll benefit from it too. But for the slide casting, like if you just try slide casting in the game, it, it's a really dumb mechanic. It should not be a thing. It just, it's just bizarre and doesn't make sense. PC, yeah, PC players want constantly support the PC, but never the other way around. Whoa, whoa, that is correct. We PC players are just greedy, right? We want all the good stuff for ourselves. That's right. Could be a winning platform for 2020. Then again, we, we do have the gamer president. I don't know how many of you guys are following that account on Twitter. I strongly recommend it. It's a hilarious parody account for a gamer president. So I strongly recommend following that if you haven't seen it. It is a and good account. 
Yes. I think earlier Canaris had a good point with the early access. If there's any way, if the game is being monetized in any way, you can't, you know, use early access uh, excuse. Okay. If you want my money, mm-hmm. right, I get to judge the game on the uh, based on if it's worth the money, right? So mm-hmm. th- it's open to criticism if it's asking money for me. I think that's fair. Yeah, you ask for money, you open to criticism. If you if you're a free open beta or something, closed beta, and you can cost money later, there's no way to spend money. Fine, you you you, you get you get a, you get a pass from me. The moment you start asking for money is when uh, the moment you have to be you have to accept criticism. Really, we're getting the it worst is- of all the worlds though. People, mm-hmm. you know, these a lot of these Kickstarter games specifically are like you have to pay for the privilege of like closed alpha early access tests. Like mm-hmm. the earliest earliest phase where normally awesome. the, people get paid to test your game and give you feedback, mm-hmm. right? Like. Game professional game testers. Instead, they they literally monetize the testing early early testing phase. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. But yeah, one of my that's been one of my biggest pet peeves in games. Final Fantasy fourteen, especially the Final Fantasy fourteen community is not open to criticism. You know, if you open if you criticize Final Fantasy fourteen, you will be skewered by hardcore fans of the game, as we've seen in our previous podcast. We talked about Lazy Peon. Some of it was deserved, and most of that was definitely. I still haven't watched that video. I'm, I'm gonna write that down. I, you can't. I want... It's gone. It's gone. He deleted it. He, oh he no! Bullied. He felt bullied into deleting it. Oh, basically. I wish there's someone that has a reupload. Probably. I'm sure there's a reupload somewhere, but uh, I, I don't think you. I mean, look. I think he was. He said. He said two things. I think that were just outright wrong. But the rest of it was like just his opinion, bro. You know, he's. He should have to say my opinion, bro, after every statement he makes. That's sad. Oh yeah, I wanted to see that. Yeah, I think there was a good good discussion I had with somebody earlier too. I think a lot of MRP. Like, what is the what is the the balance? Between developer feedback and between developer and player communication, I feel like in Final Fantasy XIV and a lot of MMORPGs, there's like zero, like interaction between, like players, and developers in terms of producing new content or balance changes. Whereas you have games like RuneScape, which have like direct polls in the game where they ask their audience like before new changes get added to the game, if you approve or disapprove of the new changes, and if the polls say no, the new changes don't make it to the game. So I think that that's like one one extreme, and then you have like MapleStory two and a few other games taking the middle approach where they basically are act. The developers are active on the forums, communicating with with like the hardcore players, trying to figure out like what needs improvement, how players feel about certain things, and they pull their they pull their users like well, what's going on like how, how do you feel how do you feel about it, and then you have a lot of games like Final Fantasy fourteen which I feel like there's zero interaction between developers and players. Only time we ever I hear I watch the the, the the live letters and stuff. I watch a lot of the you know the developer communication. But it's almost always one-way communication. And they'll talk about stuff like Eureka content, so the new content, and how players uh, receive that content, right? But the way they judge player um, like satisfaction or the way they, if it's successful or not, was completion rates. So if players reach max level in Eureka, they'll, they'll see that as a good thing, which that's one good way of measuring it too. But there's a lot of stuff that's never, there's no communication between developers and players in a lot of MMORPGs. I think Final Fantasy XIV is like that as well. I actually prefer that. I think... Um... I think a lot of okay, a lot of the mystery is lost when there's a lot of back like, e- even like test servers. Even when I was playing these games, you know, hardcore in EverQuest and WoW, Dayok, I never really played on the test servers because I I feel like it would just kind of lose the magic if I you know got to experience it before actually it being live and me seeing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the reason, like I said, I avoid close betas when I can because I just don't want to ruin the first initial experience of you know leveling and a character. No, you're um, right. You're right there for sure. But just certain decisions, I feel like they could avoid a lot of errors if they like ask, especially when you're like designing content for like hardcore players on the savage stuff. Like that stuff, I think is a good idea to get some some player feedback. And obviously, I think Zenix makes a good point too. You can't you can't always expect you know expect players to drive development. And I don't think I, I never said Square Enix or any game company should outright accept what players say as like fact. You know, even if a lot of players support a popular decision, doesn't mean it's a good decision. Obviously, they should weigh their own thoughts as professional game designers. You know that do this for a living, and weigh that along with what players think, and use player feedback and incorporate it into the design how you want to do it. I think anytime you accept player, like I know Shirley told me a lot of you know, horror stories about how dumb players were and how to solve problems like they're dumb one way of thinking. And I, I, but I think it's good to still see where the the player feedback really just tells you where the pressure points are, and the developers can work around those pressure points the way they think is the best way to do it, rather than just trying to you know let players drive development, which I think is just a no no. Well, as the great. Henry Ford once said, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. <laughs> there you go. So, true. don't ask people what they want. Just give it to them. They'll take it and they'll like it. Alright. Speaking of, um, you mentioned RuneScape a little earlier. I think probably one of the funniest and most bizarre stories of the week was involving Jagex and a player suing Jagex 
because that player got muted in the game. Did you hear about this, Altai? It's the stupidest thing ever. I saw the headline. I didn't read it. Uh, so give me the give me the, I'll give you the headline. I'll give you the rundown. So if you click on the Google Drive link on the article I just sent you, Altai, so you can see, if you look at the, I guess, look at the jagx2.pdf, uh, you can see the complaint filed in civil court in Pennsylvania. So this jagx, this, this RuneScape player, he, he claimed that his civil rights, his due process, and his freedom of speech were violated by jagx muting him in runescape all right and obviously whoa surprise surprise the judge called the retard and threw it out basically all right we dismiss mr elsari's complaint for failure to state plausible claims yeah basically it's it's funny because he he, he lists his complaint his um you know the people he's complaining against as jagex obviously and shanghai fukong and the other subsidiary of of, uh, of the chinese developer that owns it interactive entertainment and shanghai hongtu and he never even like point out that like they were related so the judge is like you have yet to point out why these other chinese companies are related to your complaint against jagex <laughs> like, and like and obviously the judge is like you can't complain about due process because that's only related to government not like private companies and free speech is also the first amendment is not related to this jagex banning you in game so it's really bizarre if you look at jagex look at the first pdf as well jagex.pdf and scroll down you can see his complaint himself if you scroll down all the way to page uh page seven or eight at the bottom so he complained of violation of due process, discrimination in free speech. He claimed human rights violations. If oh you mute God. me on Jag and RuneScape, that is a human rights violation, according to this uh, this individual. Also, what's what's what with this guy writing with a with a marker? Yeah, this guy's. I don't know. There's something wrong with him. <laughs> you can, I could tell there's something wrong with this guy by the way he writes. All right? Yeah, yeah. What is? Dude, stay in the lines. Read, read the facts of the case, Altai. Where what page is that? What one above facts. The, Company operates public game, open to public, free plus membership. Rules to game, break rule equal ban. Plaintiff was muted without being told notified. notified. Plaintiff is streamer, streamer 2000 hours and invested Jagex notes, see mod notes, no reason. Uh, denied appeal, no reason. Viewers on stream witnessed. He's got witnesses, guys. This guy's bringing out the. You think someone like trolled him into like one of his viewers trolled him into filing this? Like, dude, you got a case here. Dude, there's there's some real streamer privilege over here. This guy thinks because he streams to, like ten people on Twitch, he thinks he's a somebody. Or he's got he's got witnesses. All right, he's a excuse me, he's a Twitch streamer. Okay, the plaintiff is a streamer. With, <laughs> hold on, guys, with two thousand hours streamed. All right, whoa. All right, this guy's kind of a big deal. All right. This is amazing. It just seems like there was no thought process put into this. You know, like, surprise, surprise, you got banned in a game. And the terms of service says they can do where the fuck they want. It's a private game. They can ban you for any reason, and you have no claims. That giant terms of service you agreed to when you launched their game that tells you, you know, you got nothing, buddy. You got nothing. They can do whatever they want. And Zenix like he sounds autistic, to be honest. Honestly, he might be. Yeah, there's... There are a lot of armchair lawyers out there. That's true, Canaris. No, there's something really wrong with this guy. Like, like mentally. He is not yeah, all there. You have to be. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be. There's no other explanation for this. You know, I'm curious how old this guy is too. You know, to be like, it is weird. It is weird. Usually, people like you know, little kids will whine like, "I'm going to sue you," but no, this guy filed the paperwork. Good for him. He took initiative. Right? <laughs> I feel bad for the judge who has to deal with nutcases like this. No, it's funny if you read some like the like the stuff on here because the judge is like kind of confused. Like the plaintiff alleges in quotes he was muted, you know, and he alleges this was unfair. <laughs> the judge has no idea like what uh, these terms mean. Like, what, what is he talking about? Bring out the game judge. <laughs> Sounding publicly stuff for a stream. Honestly, Nova Arela, it's gonna be it's not the kind of publicity you want. I feel like anybody that like jumps on a stream is gonna be like he'll be known as like the retard that like you know complained oh, about. Can't, this. can't use that word, he's gonna sue you. Okay, be careful uh, for honestly, lies and slander and libel. I should probably uh, you know it's all jokes, guys. I was kidding. I love this guy. He's a he's a great gamer, and I'm I'm glad he's defending his rights. Great, right? a great legal mind as well. All right. Yeah, a scholar exactly. of the law. So I, I read this whole thing. There's a lot of funny bits on here about like just it's very confusing. This whole situation, I feel bad for him as well. I think this guy, this guy sued a few other like. I think he sued his landlord for something too, and he didn't want to pay rent. This guy is uh, definitely a prolific sewer. Uh, I, I found this because I followed the uh, Connor, the Mo Follow guy on Twitter. He's mm -hmm. worth following too if you follow the Mo stuff. And I don't think anybody else covered this, so I'm glad he did. That was a fun story for the week. I got another fun story. So um, this game called Assassin's Creed. Uh, Odyssey, I okay. believe, is the newest one. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. Super, Super Mario Odyssey, yeah. Super Mario Odyssey, that's right. And uh, yeah. it's an Ubisoft game. Uh, I, I haven't actually played any of these Assassin's Creed games, but you know, they look nice. I like, I like watching the trailers. <laughs> and they increased, they added a new feature recently 
that allows, or you might like this, allows players to make their own quests, their own content, right? Mm-hmm. Now, but funnily enough, they made the same mistake literally every single company that does this makes. Never would tried the same mistake. Yes, where the, the user-generated content rewards experience when you kill monsters and stuff. So what do people do? They created some nonsensical stage, right, where it just easily farms experience. You know, in, I know in Neverwinter the best one was basically the ogres would spawn from the ceiling. They would fall into a into spike a trap. spike pit right in front of you and just die over and over again, and you just get massive experience. So something similar to that must have happened here, where uh, Ubisoft has said we're you know we're nerfing the shit out of the experience gain in the player uh, content. And no I surprise. I didn't realize this was to be a problem. Like this is the first thing you should think of. Okay, how can players exploit this? Like if if that's not what you're thinking when you're adding features to a game, like you're just doing it wrong. You know, when your game is exposed to millions of players, everyone should try finding loopholes and weird ways to exploit it. Mm-hmm. So they got exactly what they deserved. You know, it should have been obvious to them. But then again, as we've seen, companies just don't learn. You know, like oftentimes the same company doesn't learn. I remember the the bug in the exploit in Neverwinter when it first launched. You could bid negative amounts of premium currency in the premium currency auction house, the diamond auction house. If you bid a negative amount, you just get that much money. So you bid for item, you bid like negative 10,000, and it would say you lost the auction, but you get 10,000 refund back. So you just literally get infinite money that way. And the problem is that exact same bug was in Star Trek Online. The exact same bug literally was in Star Trek Online before it came to Neverwinter. And they still did, they didn't realize or didn't fix it or didn't. I, how does that happen within the same company, within the same developer? You know, so I'm not surprised it happened with Ubisoft. Yeah, I mean, Ubisoft is one of those companies that's kind of, um, you know, when I think of Ubisoft, I still think of a, of a console company, basically, right? Mm-hmm. But do you know more that the PC gaming was their biggest source of revenue uh, last quarter? I saw the headline in uh, on Reddit. How, how was it broken down, though? So the breakdown is 34% of net bookings is PC, mm-hmm. uh, 31% PS4, so pretty close, mm-hmm. and then 18% Xbox. Switch is 5%, mobile 7%. So yeah, 34% it comes from PC. Um, wow. Is, yeah, pretty surprising. Go Ubisoft. I don't, know, I don't really play a lot of Ubisoft games. I'm surprised they're, they're so small on mobile. I feel a lot of uh, Western companies really haven't taken off on mobile the way uh, Asian companies have. You know, I know Activision Blizzard, besides, well, they have Candy Crush. They're killing it over there. But Blizzard itself has done nothing on mobile really yet. You know, even uh, like and Ubisoft hasn't really done anything on mobile either. A lot of these Western companies just don't have a big mobile presence. Even EA, you know, they have some mobile games, but like nothing's crazy big over there. Mm-hmm. Actually, speaking of uh, revenue here, as a fun stat for EA, um, FIFA Ultimate Team, twenty-eight percent of EA's revenue comes from that one game. That's insane. I I never thought it'd be like that crazy. So what? Why you- are they bothering with Anthem and like of Dragon Age? Who cares? Just just pump out those loot box soccer balls. All right, that's all. That's all people want. I still don't know what FIFA Ultimate Team is. is no, it the me same as like FIFA 18 or FIFA 19? FIFA like, Ultimate. Are these separate games? Or is, is it like is FIFA Ultimate like a part of FIFA 18? I genuinely have no idea. Let's find out. Yeah, I never knew. Like, it's amazing that these games can make so much money. Uh, is, is it Ultimate? It's a mode within FIFA. Okay, so it's a gotcha FIFA play. I, I know, I know that part, uh, Novari. I, I didn't know it was a separate game or it was within the, uh, the buy to play FIFA game. It's amazing though. How they've monetized like soccer with with the gotcha it's like i don't know like i'd rather get like fake grand order mobile gotcha waifus than i get fifa players you know i don't want to i don't get like a sweaty dude from uh from a, from a soccer ball gotcha i'd rather get like my my 90 naked fox girl from uh fake grand order what about you all if you had to spend a thousand dollars on fake grand order gorgeous waifus no or, I, I, buy the, I, buy, dudes, I buy the soccer balls dudes. why I support my home team. All right, the oh, home team that. is what USA, EA. Actually, I think actually, funny enough, uh, I think this uh, FIFA division is based in Vancouver, right here where I am. So I gotta support the home team more. All right, friend, let, let, let's say EA was Chinese, okay? Oh, yeah, then, then then not EA. Whatever. Anything. Let, let, let's say let's say they're both Japanese. They're both, they're both Japanese. Japanese. Now, which one would you say? Just just to get the bias out of there. Oh man. I would much rather spend a thousand dollars on on hot fake grand order lollies and waifus. All right, that that's the remote pri- remote play. You want the sweaty dudes, Altai? You want sweaty dudes? Oh, I, I'll take the whole team of sweaty dudes. Nah, in you, that you case, want, you want a golden Ronaldo, a tier nine Ronaldo? <laughs> Fuck that. Whatever I can resell, I have no, no preference. No, you can't. No, you can't resell either. You, which one would you rather? Have? I, I'll, I'll flip a coin. I, it makes no difference. You're not, you're not going to play either. For the, I have a better chance of playing. Uh, I flip a coin because it's on mobile. That's true. It's on mobile. All right, that's what I thought. Altai, Altai, Altai would choose fake grand order waifus as well. At the end of the day, Altai, you would choose the waifus. Is that what you're telling me? I would choose the waifus on mobile only because there you're mobile. 
Oh, you, just, you, you just don't want to say it though, but there's no quality waifus in uh, in Fake Grand Order. You can just Google them and then look at them. You don't have to pay money. <laughs> I don't you understand. Go to Pixiv and you search Fake Grand Order. Ooh, the quality waifus in the Fate universe on Pixiv. Some real quality stuff there, boys. I mean, I would share some, but some of it is uh, not safe for Twitch. Right? Do, you think, the... do you think when someone buys like a hundred dollar Ronaldo, Ronaldo gets a cut of it? I don't think so. I think I think what they do is they they license the teams from the whoever owns whatever team Ronaldo's on, and they get percent of the whole revenue i guess indirectly because every time the game makes money a certain percent of royalties gets paid to uh the fifa and they pay out to the teams yeah but is, it, is fate it, is fate owned by konami i kind of don't like konami so uh, not, no don't buy sony okay okay that's fine then fake is owned by anaplex which is owned by sony why do why you like konami they they fired my boy hideo kojima all right oh yeah right look at that loyalty out there you haven't played any Metal Gear Solid game since Metal Gear Solid 2. I've played it, so. 3. I haven't beat it, but I played it. Uh, really? Yeah. I remember I played 3. I don't remember you playing uh, 3. You're walking through the jungle. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you walk through the jungle. That's it. There you go. That's that's Metal Gear Solid 3, boys. It you're is. Wait, that's the whole game. The that's the game. That's Altai's review. You're walking through the jungle. Period. Over. Review. Four to four to five, right? You eat snake. <laughs> you eat snake. There you go. Oh, yeah. Time. You do eat snake. I remember that trailer, right? Oh, oh, they, rip, they rip off the head. There you go. Hashtag fuck Konami. There you go. You look at the blonde chick's boob. That's a key part of the game as well, Canaris. That's true. It's a very key part of the game. But the, this loot box discussion reminded me. There was a, I remember somebody asked the CEO of uh, Take-Two, right? Mm -hmm. they, the guys that make GTA Online and you know, uh, Red Dead Redemption. How do you feel about the loot box regulation? Do you, do you see it as a threat? And apparently he said that that's not going to happen because loot boxes will not be regulated the way that one senator claimed because of, uh, because of First Amendment issues. Apparently, there's a legal argument they made on First Amendment issues that they can make the game however, however they want, and you know, as, as a fight against you know, government regulation. There's a good article on it on um, GamesIndustry.biz. They were saying that wasn't you know, like a bulletproof legal defense, but there's an argument to be made on First Amendment rights for uh, game developers to, to basically make the games the way they see fit. Which actually was the reason I think California in the '90s passed the law against like violent video games, and it got overturned in the Supreme Court, which said basically First Amendment overrules the California decision on it. And even though California argued that it would harm minors, right? That was their reason behind it. It was harming minors, the violence in video games. And it got overturned on uh, First Amendment issues. And they argue, they argue that even if you want to make the argument that, you know, loot boxes can harm minors, they can still win the legal argument on First Amendment rights. Well, that'll work for uh, the ability to produce it. So for example, think it's, imagine like the most gruesome uh, mm -hmm. novel that involved rape, like just a guy Chad the rapist, and he's just running around Chad raping. He's running around raping everyone. All right, Oof. and it's a novel, right? You can write that. You can write it. You can put it on DVR. You can put. You can put. You know. You can sell it on your website. But it doesn't mean, uh, you know, it's going to be available for you know on on the App Store. It's not going to be available on um Hold on. Google why, Play Store. Do you think Sony would not put a game with loot boxes on the PlayStation market? No, wait, or well, Steam wouldn't. Why wouldn't they? What might? No, they might. But what if the internet provider says we will not be allowing that? The ISP. Yeah. Is allowing, like, we got we got rid of net neutrality. They're, so. they're allowing fake incest porn on Pornhub, and they're not going to allow. Well, I'm just boxes. the the point I'm making is even you are correct that they have a First Amendment right to produce it, but uh, there's a many ways to assault it on the distribution down channel. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's, there's a reason. Why, why? I mean, there's no games about people running around like, you know, cutting each other's heads off, right? Yeah, because nobody's going to buy it. There's not a big market for that. There are there are ultra violent games and ultra sexual games. You know, there's a niche, very stupidly niche market for that. Mm -hmm. You know, no big developers are going to make games that are stupidly extra violent and rapey. I think I think you'd be surprised how um, how many legal loopholes there are to you know stop this stuff. Maybe like the only the, my only like the only part that I would actually li like like about loot box regulation personally is if we could just get the odds out there for the gotchas and the, and the loot boxes. Like today, what's stopping um, like? Overwatch. I mean, I doubt Blizzard's doing this, right? Or any like legitimate game company, right? But what's stopping a, a mobile game company or any loot box company from just, you know, basically like they could, they can show a really rare item in the in the loot box and they they can make it so it's literally impossible to get in the first fifty dollars to spend, right? Because yeah. like, imagine like, if you're a game developer and some player is going to roll like the best item on the first roll, like you could just make it so that just never happened to to get them to spend more money. What do you gain out of giving that player the best item on the first roll? You just lose money by doing that. You lose potential spend. I see. Hypothetically, or like today. Yeah, today. What's stopping them from? from oh, because both RNG? Apple and Google say you must you must reveal your odds. Okay, but you will, be, you, will be, odds, you will be banned from the how, how can okay? How can you prove without government regulation or force that they're actually following those odds? 
Oh. Well, if they say no, that there's no. a there's a point one percent chance to get this rare item, and let's say let's say your RNG hits and you got it the first roll, that the game developer can look at your player spend and see this guy only spent ten bucks. We're not giving it to him. Reroll. At least spent a minimum, maybe like. $1, I mean, $1. at the end of the day, all the only they can is um, just civil court cases between the parties. So it seems it, impossible to prove. I think you need a government. That that would be a good argument, I think, for force because there's a, for example, the U.S. You know, the U.S. has something called the uh, Bureau of like Weights and Measures, right? Where like certain where scales in like jewelry stores or in, in gas stations, right? Those gas pumps, every every month a guy comes from the government to make sure your gas pumps aren't lying. When it says you can pump five gallons of gas, it better pump five point zero zero gallons of gas up to like certain decimal point. Otherwise, you get fined huge amounts of money, and you have to like, you know, pay compensation. And they have for jewelry stores where they, they're weighing your gold. Your scales can't be broken. You know, that level of regulation I don't think would be unheard of or unfair for game companies to at least. At least enforce their publicly published numbers. So if the if the app store says there's a one percent chance of getting this item, it better be one percent. You know, like don't 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 lie. You know, and there's nothing to stop, especially Chinese companies from like I, I guarantee this happens. They're just probably lying. Or, or if, if 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 their algorithm can predict you as a player are likely to spend money, they're not going to give you the best item up front. They're they're going to set up their their reward system, their dopamine drip to make sure to maximize your player spending. And with how, how much data they gather from other players, they can figure out what the perfect reward they give you is along the way. So they can make your $10,000 spend just as exciting as your $5,000 spend, you know? Well, I think that's why I do prefer China's method. So in China, the government says there's a law saying, you know, these companies mm -hmm. must reveal their odds. Whereas in America, we've taken the more laissez-faire market approach where the companies like Apple and Google have, as private companies said, if you want to be on our platform, you must reveal your odds. I, I mean that's great too, but I will I'll take number you know I'll take the option number one. The government saying, if you do this, you are breaking the law, and you will face you know mm -hmm. the barrel of the communist you know rifle. <laughs> okay, there you go. I, I'm okay. With, I just don't want people to get defrauded like that, and it seems like a pretty like safe. If you want to make an odds point zero one percent, make it that, but just be clear what the odds are and make those the actual odds and make it enforceable by you know by criminal courts. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we're, I'm surprised we. I'm surprised hearing this coming from you. Omar. Usually, you defend the more well, do, American I mean, I approach. Don't want, I don't want the companies to scam players, and that's 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 what I'm worried about with the prolific with how much loot boxes are, are you know everywhere. I just want the numbers to be fair. If the, I'm okay with them making the loot box odds like stupidly low, like point zero 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 one percent chance to get gold of Ronaldo. You know, if you get gold of Ronaldo, he just one shots everyone. He just wins. All right, whatever. But like, I don't care about the fairness of that part. I just want the numbers to be enforceably fair. Somebody mentioned in the chat they spent fifteen thousand Australian dollars on Epic Seven. Listen, that game has got beautiful graphics and it's got quality waifus. Fifteen thousand bucks. Just a gotcha addict. There you go. Well, at least you've been lucky with the numbers. Okay, I'm I'm gonna quiz you. Okay, this is this is a pop quiz for everyone in the chat. All right. Okay. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. Real quick. Pop, pop quiz. quiz. Pop quiz. This? All right. Uh, boy or you, girl? You already told me. That's oh, a boy. Pop quiz for everyone else. Pop quiz. I give it away. I thought I gave it away, boys. But uh, this character, because somebody in the chat mentioned uh, Epic Seven, so I had, to, I had to show off a screenshot from Epic Seven. It took a while ago, and I didn't know because I wasn't really reading the story. But I'm like, wait a minute, this is a Japanese, Japanese game. It's like by a Korean company, actually, it's probably not Japanese. So like, it's got this anime aesthetic. You never quite know. But yeah, you can see on the left side over there. It says the kingdom's lovable, enthusiastic prince. There you go, prince. Question what? was, was it a boy or a girl? Apparently, everybody knew. My rule, if the character is not obviously a girl, it's a boy. But but Canaris, this looks obvious like a girl to me. This looks like an obviously like a girl, Canaris, so you never know. Alright. Master SG 2013. If this character reaches through your pants, do you let it happen? Yeah, you go to prison for that. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa! In the world of Epic Seven, where anything goes. Alright. So it's a it's anything a boy goes. prince, alright? It's an e boy prince? <laughs> all right we, we gotta mention super data as well because they came out there their research report just today on That's worldwide right. digital games market guess who's number one again boys league of legends well on the pc front on the pc front you guys you have some fantasy westward journey that game again is always top tier on that list all right it's always league of legends than dfo so dfo is still the number one mrps in the world boys dfo is number one What's remarkable is that game is still growing. Revenues from DFO are still going up. So it is it is the most successful MRPG. Now, World of Warcraft launched a big update, I think, uh, clearly last month to get on number seven on this list. So why was number seven? You know, I've never seen Final Fantasy XIV actually on this list. I think it'll probably make it next month because of uh, 
Shadowbringer? Well, Shadowbringers for the oh, official yeah. launch in July. I'm, I'm curious to see if it will because, you know, when you, when you mentioned that, okay, it's not confirmed, but it looks like now Final Fantasy has more uh, subscribers than WoW. It kind of, I, 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 you know, I didn't initially believe it because I've seen WoW on this list many, many, many weeks, you know, months in a row, right? Mm-hmm. But you have never once seen Final Fantasy. I have neither. Yeah, you're right. So it is, it is interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we got we got a few odd ones like Roblox is number ten. That's that's pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Number ten PC top earning game is Roblox. Um, uh, we got one surprise in the mobile section. Mark, did you notice this? Game for Peace is number six. There you go. That's basically PUBG Mobile in yeah. China. I'm trying to find a gameplay video for uh, Fantasy Westward Journey. Oh, we had a really yeah, old classic. one. I got one. I got one. Mute the audio though again, so you guys can see what this. This is the second highest grossing MMORPG in the world after Dungeon Fighter Online, boys. This is peak MMORPG. Okay, fuck Final Fantasy fourteen, World of Warcraft, DF, all these games that you like Guild Wars two. This game makes a hundred times more than Guild Wars two. ESO Online, nope. Fancy Westward Journey, boys. What is going? Why is he playing Mario? Okay, here we go. This is the graphics right here. This is the game, boys. Look at these riveting graphics. This game is popping. All right, this is the game. Yeah, we should play this. All right. Oh, we, I think we should play this. Just, just to see. Uh, unfortunately, it's all probably in Chinese, so it's very we hard to navigate. Found the perfect MMO, guys. This looks like Gaia Online with those graphics, with the with the avatars, doesn't it? It gives me Gaia Online vibe. Yeah, it looks like it looks like a '90s uh, mobile game, <laughs> a browser game. Browser this game, game. This game is huge. Who is playing understand. this? Mil- tens of millions of Chinese people are playing this. Yes, there you go. Ten, literally million. There's at least a, probably a million players online in this game right now. Okay. It's the third highest grossing PC game in the world last month. It's always on this list as highest grossing games. It consistently makes more money than World of Warcraft. It consistently makes more money than like almost any other PC game. So what yeah, are the system requirements? You need you need a potato with a, a penny <laughs> with a wire going from one side to the other of the potato. Okay. Yeah. Any, any, anything above uh, that setup though, the game just doesn't run. Right? It's got to be. <laughs> you no, know, they add a feature for SLIing your potatoes, so now you get two potatoes. <laughs> Anything beyond that is just a no-go, though, can we, right? Can we just take a minute to appreciate, this? A, the resolution in the game, and B, how much of this screen is taken up by the menus? I love yeah, it. This guy has no room for anything. It's, it's just, just menus. <laughs> Yo, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, we talk shit about Moo Online. Right? Moo Online is still really popular, too. I mean, it's obviously nowhere near on the top 10 list, but that game is still hella popular on private servers. I've seen there are so many private servers in Moo Online with, like, some crazy amount of people. Chinese people are highly vulnerable to microtransaction service and a never-ending play experience. I think a lot of you know Western games are kind of going into that you know monetization loop as well with a never-ending player experience. So we'll get there too. It's an exile. We're not quite you know I don't think Westerners spend as much money on mobile games the way Chinese players do, but they'll get there. But you know, looks pretty dope. watching this video though, I can see how much of the design decisions in newer Chinese games like um, oh what's that one that we played for a while with the we were we were killing the we were killing the. The buns or whatever, the food. We're hunting food. Oh yeah, yeah. Revelation Online. Revelation Online. Like, like when I'm looking at the uh, inventory in this game, it's got these like random pods and peas and like mm-hmm. different powders. So I think a lot of the design decisions for these more recent games came from from this one. So uh, the game is impressive. It's really yeah. Let's see. Let's see another gameplay video. More riv. This is more authentic. It's a Chinese gameplay video for Fantasy Westward Journey. This this video was came out in 2017, and I don't know what he's doing. So this is the newer UI, new and improved UI. Oh, it's a little, 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 little cleaner, I guess. Yeah, a little higher resolution. We can see a little more. I don't know what he's doing. Upgrade. He's, uh, I, I he's rolling. I, I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's doing anything. He's, I think he's showing off his gear. Maybe he's doing some math. Like it's a Chinese game, it's an Asian game. You gotta do. You gotta do some random math while you're playing. So a lot of these Chinese games, I think. A lot of these Chinese games still encourage like the the shop system where there's no auction house. You just have a shop. <laughs> Oh man! Try to find out. He literally has his calculator open half the time. Boy's doing math, all right? Okay, so I'm looking at Chang Yu's. They make they're Chinese game developer, right? And in their earnings call, one of the one of the some analysts asked Chang Yu, uh, for your PC and mobile games, how how many hours a day do your players play these games, right? PC versus mobile. And the company representative replied, "Take PC for example." For example, players take on average 10 hours per day in the game. So the average player who plays a Chang Yu game spends 10 hours per day. And obviously, most of those, they say for 10 hours in PC games, typically players are just sitting there selling things. So the mm. person's not actually sitting from the desk. 
but for 10 hours a day, they leave their game running. I was probably one of the reasons the concurrent users are so high for these games. When you said 10 hours, and before the you know shop part, imagine, guys, this is a gameplay. This is the combat in this game. Imagine playing this for 10 hours a day. This is this is my definition of hell. Like I, like this is like the worst punishment you can give somebody. Look at this. No, the, the gameplay looks pretty dope. Right off that, look at this. Some turn-based combat. This is this is suffocating. Oh, the calculator is open. He's got to do some math. Wait, you know? why is the calculator? What's He's got to figure out the, the ratios of what attack. Yeah, there you go. Your, your video is better. Don't click mine. See, that boy's busting out the calculator all the time for Optimal Fly. I never bust out the calculator and play Final Fantasy XIV. Maybe, maybe this game is more in depth than Final Fantasy XIV. Look at this. He just brings up the calculator during combat. I love it. That tells that there's some depth to this game. This boy, this guy's got to constantly, you know, dual wheel calculator while playing the game. Look at it. He's adding some shit up. That, that's actually pretty cool. There's a lot of MRPGs. Your, your rotation, right? doesn't really involve any kind of like critical thinking or math skills. It'd be really cool to see like in certain situations, it might be more optimal to like do different moves. For the most part in Final Fantasy XIV, you're doing the same rotation almost all the time and adjusting it just based on movement. It'd be cool to see if like different spells affect different things at certain times differently, almost with a random degree. Just so like you have to, con you have to crunch numbers. And the best players are both mechanically skilled and like mathematically inclined. That'd be really cool. The, uh, the math MMO, all right? A learning MMO, yeah. all right? You got you to gotta show off your learning abilities. So for comparison, by the way, the, the Chang Yu representative said for mobile games, players spend about four to five hours per day. Again, these are average numbers, which is insane. Who plays four to five hours a day average of mobile games? So remember, 10 hours for PC, leave the game running, and uh, no, a bit less for mobile. But they're, 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 that's like four, four to five hours of actual gameplay. I suspect a lot of that is also automated, though, because it, you know the autoplay running, so you can just kind of leave mm -hmm. your phone on your desk at work or something, while uh, you know just playing. All right. Okay. Right. Curiosity. Since this is do you just IPO'd? Let me see if we can link you uh, a fun stream on on do you. We're going to inception this. All right. We're going to show you a stream this one is, on this stream. It's not working. Let's see if we can find it. All right. I this saw... game is popping right now. Let's see it. Actually, I can't find a way to mute it, so I can't. I don't want to look at you because it's very loud and very Chinese. Uh, I can mute it on my end, just on Firefox. Okay. I'm just gonna, I, I'm just gonna mute all of Firefox. Yeah, because there's no mute button I can see on the game. Yeah. <laughs> on the actual stream. All right. Let's see this. This game is apparently popping, boys. It's at least a crossfire. This is this is another game on the list anyway, so it's worth looking at. You just, see this guy's like. Can weapon? we can we take a minute to appreciate this? Not, this, this website like there's so much shit on my screen right now <laughs> this is this is peak what is design. going on this is peak design this is what twitch will look like in five years when we catch up to the glorious chinese this is peak jesus design. christ what look is at this boy's purple ass glowing ak-47 this right, website do <laughs> you see like this text floating around this, <laughs> i'm just xing shit out all the time this is a, this this is this is what twitch will look like in due time, all right. This is the natural progression of things. This Chinese live streaming is like years ahead of American live streaming, and we're gonna add all the same shit. Watch, it's gonna happen. So this game, I'm pretty sure is, again, I'm not 100 percent sure, but because it's so popular on on Duyu, I'm pretty sure this is a, this is a Crossfire. Yeah, it looks it looks a lot like Crossfire to me. Yeah, but a lot of these, you know, tactical lobby shooting games all look very similar. So this game was actually on our list as well. I think it's a, it's the fourth highest grossing game in the world. This game is actually more popular than Fortnite last month, boys. Bigger than Fortnite. All right, all the kids are playing Fortnite. You bust out this game. Oh, he's got his op. Oh, look at that. Ooh. I'm pretty sure it's all pay to win too. Like you buy like golden, golden ops. Just Man, this guy is a pro. Well, of course, a pro. He's got like thirty thousand people watching him all the time. Yeah, professional. Oh, he, he failed. Out the knife. Get wrecked, kid. Ripperino. Mission failed. Rip, kid. This game never really took off in the West. Obviously, CSGO is our go-to tactical shooter, but this game is uh, unbelievably popular in China for whatever reason. It just seems like an inferior CSGO. And like, I like how everyone just flipping between their, their, their knife and their weapon, too. A very common CSGO thing. And, um... Did you just say? trade kills with that guy? They both kill he, Yeah, they both kill her. I feel like it doesn't really happen as much in, like, Western games. We just No, both I don't die. think it ever happens, really. It's, it's, it's a problem when it happens, I feel. Yeah, I just feel like it just sounds like shit Nico. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shitty pay win version of CS. Sign me up, Pog. <laughs> Dude, digital dummy. Playing these pay to win mobile games, these pay to win shooters are hilarious. You should. I played some Counter Strike Nexon Zombies. My friend had like the, like 
the same weapon as me, but it was golden and it did AoE damage. So if you played uh if you play it's basically CS 1.6 snakes with mods, is what the well it's not really a mod, it's the official version of countering next on zombies. There's like a he had like the the, the hundred bullet weapon to saw, whatever it's called. And the only difference between his weapon and my weapon was his did AoE damage. So his bullets were AoE. When they land, they like explode. It's just literally a pay to win weapon. Amazing. So it's amazing. It's the same otherwise the stats are the same, but it's just AoE damage. And there's a like golden bullets in these games. They're completely it's weird. Like you don't think there'd be a competitive scene around this pay to win stuff, but I'm not sure what they do in tournaments, but like they might ban the pay to win tournaments. I don't know. But it is weird to see like in a competitive game. It's obviously pay to win stuff. Well, Quick, quick update on Crossfire, guys. You know, I, I, uh, Microsoft is very desperate to try to make Xbox relevant because it's, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's getting demolished by PS4. And they actually have paid to have this game, Crossfire, come as a temporary uh, exclusive for Xbox. Oh. So you cross, if you want to play Crossfire and you don't want to play on PC uh, and you want to play on that Xbox of yours, don't worry. Microsoft has got you covered. My favorite part about this... Uh... I'm I'm looking at this do you website in um is the the translations. If you look at like PUBG, it translates into to a uh, Jedi Survival with Google Translate, which is oh, really yeah, weird. I saw that. That's some fun stuff. I'm gonna go on the homepage here. Am I gonna yeah, be assaulted? Sure you'll oh. be assaulted. Oh, just just browse this website. It's nice. It's it's Oh, oh I found this guy's the e, e girl section right here. <laughs> oh, I thought I found his favorite section. <laughs> Alright, click it, click it. Actually there's a lot of um streamers in China which just do like a karaoke. A lot more variety streamers. Like IRL streamers. Alright, which of these lotus petals shall we view today? Click it to a oh there you lotus petal. Is that what you're calling them? That's what I'm calling them. Oh, she's playing a mobile game. Ooh. How do I start this? Oh, did you, oh she's she's real she's a real gamer. No face, yeah. just game. So what, do you think, what is she playing? Is this um Honor of Kings? This looks like Honor of Kings, but for sure. I mean, that game is still crazy popular in China. This was actually, was the number one game on the... We're really going through our super data. Yeah, Honor of Kings was the number one game in mobile last month in China. So we're really going through our list, by the way. So you're seeing the most successful and most popular games in the world on the MOS.com stream, all right? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, week after week, we always mention certain Chinese games being the biggest and, you know, most profitable games. But, you know... There's some, you know, this is a truth to this. You know, we went on this website, we clicked, you know, the homepage, and bam, these games are coming up. So mm -hmm. we're not BSing you. These are actually popular games somehow. Yeah, unfortunately, Honor of Kings basically is, is not doing very well. It's called Reno Valor in the West. It's not doing very well in the West. It just has not taken off. I think the entire, like, mobile, mobile market, if you want to call it that, a market, is not very big. There's only, like, three games, and, you know, none of them are doing particularly well. I, I don't, just the Western mobile, like, gaming environment is not well developed beyond, like, mobile strategy games. None of these games. Is, is he playing Lucian? That's totally Lucian. So somebody. So how many? How many people are watching this? Is there a way to tell? It's very hard to tell. But it looks like you see that fire in the top. It's one hundred eighteen thousand. I think that has some relation to the number of people watching. But I'm not sure if it's a concurrent number or not. I know on Huya it's a little easier to tell. I think Huya's got a concurrent number, but Do You doesn't give you a specific number. It gives you like this this hot number, which is some uh. some reference that people are watching. I mean, I mean digital, don't be surprised. This is China. They got like much bigger audience, you know, than the West. So yeah, it, it, it could it could be a thing. This girl's name is Yolo. I like it. There's a there's a tournament going on right now. Alpha, you see the tournament? Tournament? What tournament? Look at this. Look at this. This looks dope. This looks like I'm. Look at this. This looks like I'm watching uh like LCS, doesn't it? Let's see. Mine's loading. This looks really cool. This looks just like LCS. Oh, there's, there's a button called Live in English. Which one did I click? I'm gonna click Live. Whoa, there's English. Yo, let's watch the English cast. Nah, you gotta be authentic. Okay. Or it's like anime, you know. You gotta watch with the subs. All right, uh, there's, but there are no subs. It's just stuff. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe we should watch this in the post game then. Maybe we should. Any, any other news before we uh, move on to this beautiful cup, mainland China? Uh, we made, I think we mentioned Kingdom of the Fire Two was going to launch eventually, but I think we both agreed that was dead on dead on arrival, right? Yes, because it, uh, it's shut down in Korea already. And we also mentioned, uh, I think you put up the news article where uh, Dragon's Dog went online. Is shutting down. It was a Japanese yeah. game that never made it here, uh, and never will. No. Yeah, we, we had a guide for it, how to play the Japanese version, which will be completely useless when the game shuts down. Which actually, it's already useless now because you can no longer download the client. Another sad story. They, I think, last year Nexon announced um, they were working on a PC four v four MOBA. Did you hear about this one mm -hmm. more? Ascent Online, Ascendant Online. Uh, it was oh, being developed by DevCat, 
And it is Ooh. also now shutting down in Korea, which means it'll probably never Rest come here. And pepperoni. So who knew that a 4v4 PC MOBA would, wouldn't work in 2019, you know? They're a little late to the MOBA bandwagon. They should at least do a Battle Royale. Come on. Yeah, agreed. Um, There's also um, the new Lord of the Rings MMO uh, being worked on by Amazon Game Studios and Leiu. Yes, that's a big story. About it. It's yeah. a big story, but there's nothing to work with. All Literally no screenshots, no release dates, nothing. It's a free to, it should be free to, it should be a free-to-play MMO on PC and console. We know that for a fact based on Lord of the Rings. And it's being co-developed by Amazon Game Studios, the the people that the, the team that worked on uh, New World, which is still not out yet, and some division of Leo. And Leo is a company that owns uh, multiple game studios. They own the guys that make Warframe. They own the guys that make... Uh, they own Spl Splash Damage, it's called, another studio. But I'm not sure, like... Again, we have nothing to work off of. No screenshots, no videos, no release date. New Lord of the Rings Online PC game, AAA game they're calling it, free-to-play MMO. It's good that we got another MMO in the works, which is awesome, but not too much to get hyped about because, again, nothing nothing to go off yet. Yeah, I think Amazon Game Studio is kind of... Uh, I don't know, kind of kind of petering out there. I don't know what they're up to. Yeah, kind of a flop before they really released anything. Yeah, they shut down. Breakaway was their first game. It was not a breakaway. It was a shutdown. Mm -hmm. And New World, uh, they kind of made a big hype about it. Uh, they know they... They actually offered to fly us out to play it, um, the closed beta. Mm -hmm. uh, I know a lot of people that did go and play the closed beta, uh, but since then, really, you know, hasn't really updated much. Mm -hmm. What else we got? We got oh, yes. we got bad news for Blizzard. Another co-founder just left. So, Yikes! So he was there since day one, twenty-eight years, and uh, he left. Which and this is following the other more well-known guy, Morhaim. He left. Mm -hmm. like, I think I don't know. If you, I mean, last year, maybe this year. I don't know. But I think it's a bad sign. I think I think things are going south at Blizzard. Um, I mean, clearly, when you have co-founders and you know big big shots leaving, you know that quickly. Definitely, definitely not good for them. Yeah, only only the mobile guys left. So yeah, there's some. Uh, you can see the stock price been, has been tanking recently as well. Maybe good speculation, but you know can't can't recommend that on the on the on, on the stream. Where's where has Warcraft three reforged been? I'm, I'm still waiting for that. Yeah, I'm still waiting for at least a release date. Like, That's give really me the only game I'm kind of hyped for. Yeah. But uh, yeah, sad day for Blizzard. I think the old Blizzard we knew Mark growing up is kind of officially dead now. I, I, we, we suspected it for a while, but um, I think we can make it official now. Mm -hmm. uh, what else? What else we got? Oh, we got a Romance of the Three Kingdoms PC game coming out by Nexon. Did you hear about this? No, what's going on? So Nexon uh, has a mobile game called Three Kingdoms Cow Cow Battle, which is a, just a generic, you know, one of the he's one of the leaders of the empires or something. Mm -hmm. And um, now they're porting this mobile game to PC. So if you ever wanted to play Three Kingdoms mobile strategy game, here's, how, how exciting! So here's some graphics. Mobile strategy is my favorite. Guys. It's basically the same thing. You know, you got this giant map of China. You click around. You know, you pay money. This part looks kind of like... You pay um, to win. Yeah, it kind of looks like Fire Emblem, actually. But we'll see. Free to play, obviously, when it comes out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it does. <laughs> mm -hmm. There it is. That's all I got. That's it, boys. Let's go to the post game. Let's see some quality Honor of Kings gameplay. All right. Thanks for watching for you, too. Take care and stick around for some hot Chinese gameplay. Hot Chinese takes. All right, take care.